you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, good morning. My name is Mark, one of the pastors here. We are on this series titled Like No One Else. And uh, if you haven't been with us for the first two weeks, um, let me give you the premise of this series. We're looking at the patterns of this world which is really created by the ruler of this world, who is Satan. Uh, we created a biblical case for that on our first week, and realizing that um, he's kind of setting the patterns of what this world is doing, and uh, him along with his demons. And, and what we're realizing is that we're to not live, we're to live in the world, but not of it, right? So we're to be salt and light. There's a different way to live, and it's rooted in God's Word, and we're discovering how it is to live differently like no one else, because the rest of the world will live a certain way. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, how this, how debt is robbing us and one way to reverse this trend, and we're going to realize that our culture, uh, our world today loves debt, and one of the things that we said that, that Satan loves to do um, is to kill, steal, destroy. And we're realizing that how we handle our finances uh, in many ways, if we're following the pattern of this world, will enslave us, uh, will entrap us, and will start to uh, choke us out. But before I get into that message, I, during worship, I felt like the Lord was um, sharing some things with me about uh, maybe a couple of you in this congregation here this morning. And I just wanted to give an opportunity for the Lord to do um, to do that work. Um, there's, a, there's a saying in doing what Jesus did, which is uh, our course that we're training people on uh, the things of, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit and knowing how to uh, follow Him in ministry. One of the things He says is, what He reveals, He heals. What the Spirit of God reveals, He heals. And so um, this morning, I feel like the Lord has revealed something, which means He wants to heal something. So, uh, I feel like there's a couple relate people who have relationships here that are not healthy. They're not godly relationships, and the Lord is wanting one to make sure that you don't feel condemnation because the Word of God says that that for those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Um, but He does want to set you free because um, anytime we do things that are contrary to God's Word, it creates bondage in our life, and so. Um, if that speaks to you that you're in a unhealthy relationship, ungodly relationship, or unbiblical relationship, the Lord is telling you that He wants to set you free this morning, and and you can walk in freedom to know that. I know sometimes those relationships can be complicated, um, but the Lord has given you the grace to walk a different way uh, this morning. So I just want to pray on that, and then we'll get right into the message. So Father, we just thank you for revealing that um, this morning, that uh, you reveal it so you can heal it. And so Lord, I pray for healing of relationships uh, this morning, that you'd give the courage uh, for that person or people to walk um, out of those relationships that are unhealthy and to walk into greater um, grace, greater wholeness, um, so they can be true to themselves um, and feeling like they're walking not under a cloud of shame or guilt, but they can walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, I, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to uh, the, the book of the, the last book in the Old Testament, and then we're going to be in, um, so you can turn to Malachi. 
last book of the Bible, Malachi. Have you heard of Malachi? Well, actually, Malachi, Malachi, um, you turn there. I just thought, kind of be cool to, if his name was actually Malachi, but Malachi is the right way of saying that. And then we're going to be in Luke, which is, they're all around the same area. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the, known as the Gospels. And uh, so we're going to be in Luke and Malachi today. So if you want to find Malachi, uh, there's going to be some time to get there. Um, so, um, but I just want to give you time to find that. Well, Jesus talks a lot about money. And I think sometimes a church shies away from talking about money because they don't want to be perceived as like they're after your money. Uh, so I want you to be having confidence to know that that's not why I'm speaking about money today. I'm just, I, I care about your freedom and uh, Jesus cared about your freedom. Do you realize that, um, that 16 of the 38 parables, parables are stories that would take, make a spiritual principle, 16 and 38, almost half of all of Jesus' parables were concerned about how to handle money and possessions. Jesus talked a lot about it. That was in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Actually, an amazing one out of 10 verses in the Gospels, 288 in all, deal directly with the subject of money. One out of 10 verses in the Gospels deal with money. So the Bible deals a lot with money, but let me just tell you some statistics. We're going to rapid fire some statistics to understand what's going on in our world as it relates to money. So there's a new study that just came out from the Federal Reserve Board. It says that 40% of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency expense. Emergency happens, 40% of our population cannot cover that, which means most likely they're putting it on a credit card, which means they're going into greater debt. The average American has 38,000 in personal debt. That's excluding mortgages. So that's your credit cards, that's your car loans, your car payments, $38,000 of personal debt. Well, school loans. Actually, there are 42.2 million Americans owing 1.4 trillion in outstanding federal student loans. Well, let's break it down a little bit further though. Of those, 2.7 million owe $100,000 in student loans. There's a lot of money of debt. Well, here's the ramifications of this though. 21% of divorcees say that money was the cause of their divorce. And that's probably a low statistic. So almost one in four say the cause of their divorce was money. So let's look at, so Proverbs 22, verse seven says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. So remember the, the enemy, the ruler of this world is trying to kill, still destroy, enslave and trap us and so here we are, the rich ruler over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. And what I'm seeing in these statistics is there's a lot of people borrowing a lot of money. You know, here's an interesting thing, though. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Is that not true? You see, the problem with keeping up with the Joneses, they'll make you broke. And here's the interesting thing about that, because most likely the Joneses are broke too. You see, we live in a world that we can actually appear wealthy. We can, because we can borrow a lot of money. 
And, and the appearance is all a facade because as long as you can make a payment, a minimum credit card payment, uh, a payment on a leased car, a payment, you can look pretty good. But it actually is enslaving you. A, a great way to illustrate this, watch this video. I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never gonna get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. <laughs> you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in chapter three. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. <laughs> now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. <laughs> I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? No, you make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? <laughs> no. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. <laughs> the advice is priceless and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. <laughs> so get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today. All right. Well, that's just a little skit there to make a point. Because our culture is really confused that the fact that we actually have to save money before we go and buy it. The patterns of this world are, it's okay if you just feel like you want it, buy it. Doesn't matter if you have money because you have a credit card, and which all it is is you're borrowing somebody else's money to put it on your credit card. Well, the reality is, is I'm not going to teach you anything about getting out of debt. That's what Financial Peace University uh, will help you with, which Otter's going to talk about at the end. But what I am going to talk about is God's principles in the use of money, because I believe we have to start there, and then we have to get some solutions on to come, coming under this practically of knowing how to get ourselves out of debt. Because debt is robbing us. Debt is enslaving us. And it's my hope, and it's my prayer, quite frankly, that every single person in this church will become debt-free. Would you... Did I hear an amen? Because the reality is you don't think it's possible, but I do believe it's possible. Imagine what would happen if you're debt-free. The vacations you can go on, the generosity you can have, 
the, the impact that you can have, and you can change your family tree by learning to live debt-free. Well, so the scripture that we're going to get into really is understanding what God says about money. So we're going to be in Malachi, and then we're going to be in Luke. But I think the solution to all this is we have to start with what the Bible says about the right order of money. The solution for me, and what I see the scripture saying about our freedom and money, is realizing what is the very top line on our budget. What is the very first thing that we would pay of our budget? Well, in the Old Testament, we call that first fruits. I would say on your budget, maybe many people don't have budgets, but if you do, the very first line on that would be a tithe. Giving to the Lord, 10%. Tithe is 10, represents 10. So 10% of your income, according to the Bible, not according to Mark, goes to your local church. Goes to your local church. Now, if you want to give offerings above that to great nonprofits, great charities, that's, that's fine. But the idea of first fruits, as the Old Testament would express that, would say, when you first harvested something, you know, back in the day, money wasn't always the exchange. It was, hey, we're farmers. The very first thing that we bring in from our farming goes to the local storehouse, which was where the, the church of old was. And it was used to care for the priests and look after the orphans and widows. And so the church today, your giving goes to look after your pastors and looking after the needs in our community. And this is why our community transformation grants are so important because it allows the church to function in serving the needs and reaching out to those who are um, considered the orphans today. That's where our foster care initiative is so great at Grace Capital Church and looking at meeting the needs of others in our community. So the reality is though, I want to show you, I want to make a case of what the 10% gives. So it's not just a take, because sometimes you think, well, man, I could barely pay my bills, let alone pay 10% or give 10% on the top. And, and I get that. When you, when you flip your budget and say, well, here's all my responsibilities, and I know your heart, your heart is you want to give, but in many ways, you get to the end, it's like, well, I don't have anything left. How am I supposed to do this? I want to create a case, though, of understanding what it is is the challenge by not giving to the Lord first. I'm going to start in Luke chapter 6. If you turn with me to Luke chapter 6, this is what it says. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Will be, will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, so here's the reality. It will, this, is the, this is a flow principle. So give and it will be given to you, but it's given back to you in a measure that exceeds what you have given. Right? Running over, pouring over into your lap. So the measure that you use, it will also be measured back to you. So it's a flow principle. So here's what happens when we don't give and we just spend on ourselves. 
It's like the money comes in for whatever we work or retirement or social security uh, or disability, how, whatever your increase is. By the way, the Bible says we tithe off of our increase. So whatever comes to you, you tithe off of that. And if, but if you don't and you just hold it for yourself, there's no possibility of an increase that's going to happen to you because the flow stops with you. You stop it up. But if you give back to the Lord what is His, what the Bible says to give to Him, then, then you're opening your hand again, and so money then starts to travel outside. And the Bible says, when you give, it's given back to you, but in a greater measure. Now, this is not the uh, give-to-get scheme. <laughs> this is really the biblical principle of what God says with this. So the understanding is, if you want an increase to happen in your life, if you want greater finances in your life, start to learn to give. So I would say, number one is if you want God's provision, keep tithing on the front, on the very top line of your budget, provision. Now, if we go to Malachi, Malachi, um, let's turn there for a moment. Malachi 3 and 8 through 11 says this. Will man rob God? Question mark. Yet you're robbing me, but you say, how are we robbing you? In tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse for, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that they may be food in my house, that there may be food in my house. And thereby, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Put me to the test, says God. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down to you a blessing until there is no more need. This is the important one, number 11, uh, verse 11. I will rebuke the devourer so you, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Okay. So here he's saying that those, when, they're not, when people were not bringing the full tithe into the storehouse, they're saying they're robbing God. Now, God doesn't need your money. God owns all the money. But what he's saying is, he's saying that it's actually being robbed from you. When you don't bring the full tithe into the storehouse, when you don't tithe to your local church, he's saying that actually your protection is not there. So in Luke, it's talking about his provision, but in Malachi, is talking about your protection. See, in verse 11, it says, I will rebuke the devourer. The, there's a devourer that wants to consume your resources, and when we don't give to the Lord, for some reason, it's like we don't have any resources, right? We don't have enough. And this is why people are like, when they're saying, I don't have enough to tithe. And I would say, you don't have enough not to tithe. <laughs> you need to be tithing to have enough. And again, if you're a guest with us today, and it's like, wow, I walked you into a church and they're just asking for money. Um, Hopefully you understand the heart behind it. I want you to prosper. I want you to be free. I want you to have God's provision. I want him to protect your resources. 
And so here in Malachi, it's saying, by the way, also when you put the full tithe in, the windows of heaven are opened up for you. Wouldn't you want that? An open heaven. I would love that. Well, see, the enemy leads you to believe that if you give, you'll go without. But that goes against the very nature of God. When you give, you won't go without. You will get his provision and his protection. I care about your freedom. That's what this whole series is about, is learning for people to experience the freedom that's in Christ Jesus. In Romans 3, verse 8, it says, Owe no man anything except the debt of love. You see, that's the debt that he wants us to have. Not all this consumer debt, not all of this debt of this world. And, and he's saying, I want you to have the debt of love. In other words, understanding that the debt that Christ has paid for us, going to the cross, taking care of our sin, he did it for us. And the debt of love is, is what Christ has done for us. If I could have Otter just join me up here for a moment. You see, because I know your heart, which is, I would love to do this. I would love to tithe. I know that's your heart. I would love to be generous. But in many ways, you're basically saying, okay, if I give in this way, that means, quite frankly, that I'm not going to be able to make my car payment. I'm not going to be able to make my mortgage payment. I'm not going to be able to pay my credit card bill. And so you're left between a rock and a hard place. And I understand that. And I would love for you to say, because the Bible says, test me in this. And I would love to, to say like, go for it. But I'm also understanding that there's some baby steps that need to be taken along the way. And, and Audra and I, and lately Audra, has been working with John Wallace and Abby Wallace on teaching Financial Peace University as one solution to help prepare you to say, I want to do this, but what are the baby steps to get there? So Audra, just tell us a little bit about FPU real quick, just because I truly believe that that's a solution for, uh, for people who are saying, I want to, but I, yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. You know us, you know Mark and I. For those of you who don't, we hope to know you soon. But we're pretty transparent people, and our hearts are to lead by example. I feel like that's how we lead in our parenting and all that we do. And so our heart is to lead by example on finances. And so it should be okay to talk about this stuff in church because we want people to grow in all areas, including our finances, right? So I do lead a class, uh, Financial Peace University. We've offered it twice this year, and we're offering it again in April, April 14th. It's for everyone. My heart would be that everybody would go through this class. Very practical. It's led by Dave Ramsey. Teaches you step one, step two, step three. It's very practical in how to get yourself out of debt, A, but just how to use your money, how to be good stewards of what God has entrusted you with, because that is what your income is. God is entrusting you with that income. And so this is just a real practical way to help people use their money for his kingdom and to just be good stewards of what he's given you. So All right. love for everyone to sign up for that. All right. Thank okay. you, Audra. Okay.
So that was a little plug for FPU, but yeah, you can give her a hand because she's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I, I want you to hear the heart of it, which is God's provision and God's protection is found when we give the way the Bible says to give. You know what? If the Bible said that you're to turn to the person right next to you and say, I'm going to give you 10% of my income, I would preach on that because that's what the Bible would say to do. Now, some of you look at the person right next to you and say, I want to give you 10% of my income. How come you're not doing that? Uh, be, right? <laughs> You'd be like, I would love that. Maybe we should do that. No, it's not biblical, so we're not going to do it. <laughs> The Bible says to be generous though, right? So we're going to be generous with one another. But when it comes to tithing, the Bible says a tenth, your first fruit, the very first thing when your money comes in, you say, I'm keeping 10% to give to the Lord through the local church, which was modeled for us, Old Testament and New Testament. But you see, what that does is it gives you freedom. Gives you freedom. It gives you provision and protection. So today, would you consider, if you're not, if you haven't started that journey of giving in that way, I understand it might be 1% this week and 2% a month from now and 5% or it might be like, I don't even know where to start, so I'm taking FPU. And honestly, I want you, everybody to take FPU because the, the heart of it, I really want everybody, everybody Girls, you don't like me talking about money. You just have to leave in the middle of my message. No, they're going to the pancake breakfast. They're getting ready for that. So hopefully you're hungry. You've been smelling the bacon. Um, that was not nice of me to do that. Bad boy, bad boy. Well, you got the gist, right? You understand what it is that, that the heart of Jesus is for us. But I do want everybody to, be, to experience his freedom. So let's pray. Let's pray on that. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for, um, for loving us, for giving us your word that talks about what it is that um, you want for us. And it's always for our benefit, Lord. It's always so we could be prospering. It's always so that we can thrive. It's always so we can experience freedom. You never ask anything of us that puts a weight, a, a heavy yoke, a burden. None of that, Lord. And I just thank you. You're so amazing. I'm also mindful, Lord Jesus, that, that here today, while we're still in this place of prayer consideration, that somebody might be here who doesn't know you, Jesus. So even the thought of this is very foreign to them. But Lord, I would love to introduce them to you give them an opportunity to receive you. And Lord, I know you've already prepared their hearts because you brought them here this morning. And if there's anybody here that would like to know Jesus, that, that you would just be willing to say this simple, simple prayer in your seat. And it's like a prayer I prayed when I was in my 20s and I came to Christ. Jesus, I'm just tired of living for myself, living my own ways. I'm tired of carrying the guilt and shame. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin, Lord Jesus. And thank you for raising from the dead three days later that you are who you said you were, which is the Son of God, our Savior of the world. 
I receive you, Lord Jesus, into my life, and I want to make you the Lord of my life. And that, and that simple prayer is what I'd love to pray with you this morning. And if you are here and you want to receive Jesus, would you just slip up your hand and just so I can see your eyes? And anybody here that would say, I would love to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, all right. So, Father, I just thank you for bringing everybody here today. I thank you for your great love for us. Lord, I pray that every person would be able to hear the heart behind this, that it is not about a church wanting money, that it is about, Jesus, you wanting our hearts to be free. So, Lord, I just pray that people would leave here today excited to be on this journey of giving, of freedom of getting out of debt. And so we could live fully and generously. And everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.